0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them.
3: All right, it's level three. This is Portridge. Now, I gotta tell you, man, dog days of summer, we're getting through, as they call it. I am Rensi, SiriusXM Channel 159. As you know, listen, every day we're fired up. I, I get fired up for everything. Fired up for the TBT. Like, I'm betting like $1,000 a night on the TBT and just like ho- hanging on for dear life. <laughs> Like, seriously, like I had like 500 bucks on the game tonight and I was just sweating it out at the end. I'm adding up the Yelim ending. I'm like, oh, my God, guys, it was so close. We ended up getting a split. Like I said, it's better. Like we're, we're chipping away. We won again tonight in the TBT. Normally I win with this stuff. We just had an aberration the other night. We went 0 for five the other night, and I double clicked. It was 0 for four, but I went 0 for five. You know what I mean? It was just like we were on. We got blown out in one game. We got screwed over by like a point in the other one type. It was just bad luck the other night. Uh, two nights ago, last night I went three and one in the TBT, and uh, tonight I think we went. Uh, to, to, I think we went three and one again. Actually, um, yeah, we went three and one again uh, in the TBT. So. We're starting to get a little groove now with the TBT. And there's a lot of basketball left in this thing. So we're going to get, we will really start to, I didn't really study it. I sort of just jumped in. And now that I've watched and I bet it, and I've watched the teams play twice each now. You know what I mean? I missed the first games. I, I knew it was going on, but it was head-to-head. It was on Saturday last week. It was, the UFC was on and stuff. Speaking of which, we got big UFC, big weekend of sports coming up. So, uh, Matthias, you're a big soccer snob. So, I know you don't care about these exhibitions uh, too much, but there was money to be made um, last night, I tell you. Uh, in the MLS not to pick on Everton and I saw Everton uh, people calling you out Matthias my rageaholics they're not impressed you didn't defend them when I said they sucked for losing 4-0 last night
4: <laughs> when you got nothing nice to say Gabe you shouldn't say anything <laughs> at all sometimes and it's that, just an know, exhibition man, maybe, yeah. maybe I would have dropped an F-bomb no no exhibition or not exhibition you know what I, I think Everton came into this game uh, not respecting Minnesota United and yeah. that's the number one rule in sports is never think that you're that much better than you yeah, They opponent. never
3: thought they, they would a... lose 4-0 you no, right. they right. They into like, it yeah.
4: with a joyride pass the ball around, these guys can't keep up with us, and you know what, they ran them off the field and not only did they run them off the field Everton couldn't even put the ball in the back of the net even when there was no goalie in play I saw Dele Alli completely miss an easy goal because he just had his foot placed in the wrong spot, you know, these are
3: types of things where you just don't do at a professional level So Everton, Well, this is why they play these yeah. matches though, right, so give them a scare and maybe be moving forward but uh, look at look at Bayern Munich bro they handled their were they were up five nil. You know what I mean? Look at Barca the other know? night against inter, inter Miami. They killed them bro six nothing, right? They handled There's their business. Reason, Even you know, Arsenal Everton won three one in Orlando.
4: All those teams are much better than Everton right now. Everton was this close, you know, by the by the by the by the size of my thumb, literally but not getting uh, into the Premier League this yeah. past season yeah, They had to fight And claw their way To stay in the league Gabe So that, you know, that, that paints a picture Should've Right there That's really where they are
3: more. They were like Plus 450 yeah. What do you think well, Of Bayern people. getting plus, plus 160 Against Man City Man City coming off The 2-1 win Against Club America Last night
4: uh, you know what? I like to pick these games by the way that the teams are playing. And right now, Bayern scoring six goals is all I need to know. And Manchester City only scoring two goals against America. You know, that's all I need to know. I'm going with Bayern Munich. They're more locked in right now. They have more of a direction and, and, and identity.
3: They, and they seem to do. They played their starters. Like, they really did. Like, they rolled out like everybody. It's the late-night anger management class. Are we already in the level three? Yes, indeed, we are. Let's do this thing. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. I am Gabriel Moranci. I don't know which one of the above I am. Uh, I guess a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them. And speaking of hustlers, Andrew Patterson is going to step. Andrew Patterson uh, will join us. So, yeah, Andrew Patterson will step up and in. Um, he used to be with Hustler and Lawless. For those of you listening right now in Las Vegas, and I know we got a lot of listeners in Vegas. What's up, JC and crew? Um... You know, Lola, Gary Lawless covers the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights now. He used to be a co host uh, with, uh, with our boy Andrew Patterson, but his nickname is The Hustler. And he's got a very successful podcast uh, now. And uh, Shark Guy, right? He covers the uh, the Winnipeg Jets NHL team, big uh, Kansas City Chief guy, um, smart CFL better. He's a smart better. He was a good uh, better. Uh, he, he, and he's a good pretty good partier, too. He wasn't able to hang with me and Cam all day and all night, but, you know, that that was a pretty epic day, that uh, NFL draft day and Saturday when we wrapped up the final show. <laughs> I basically, we basically mowed everybody down. Our boy Brandon in St. Louis was with his family, so he had to be somewhat, you know, restrained. But he tapped out around five. Cam hit the wall around nine or ten. Um, one by one, people bit the bullet. And... Um, that was the night there was the big brawl, actually, after the boxing match and stuff. <laughs> that was quite, was quite a wild night. And we're going to be back in Vegas. Our boy, Matthias is, uh it's the big bachelor uh, bash. We've got to enter a bunch of the contests uh, as well. So we look forward to uh, to seeing you guys there uh, once again, Labor Day uh, weekend. So, yeah, Andrew Hustle will step up and then we'll, get, um, we'll, we'll talk some NFL uh, futures. A little bit later on after, too, we'll get into the – well, tomorrow night we'll be more into the UFC, actually. Um, I want to get caught today with overnight baseball lines, some football news. Man, I really do like that Chicago Bears. Under six and a half. How are the Bears winning seven football games this year? They're probably going to be the worst team in the league, if not Atlanta. Bring it.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Thursday night throwdown continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morantz. You know, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust up, and everybody else in between, we're throwing it down. Sirius XM Channel 159 at at 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Let's do this thing. There's a lot of stuff to throw at the man that uh, joins us uh, right now. As, uh, I'm still in recovery mode from the last time I saw him at the NFL draft. Uh, Andrew Patterson steps up and in our boy Hustler, Winnipeg sports talk in the house. What's going on, Hustler? How you doing?
2: Gabe, I'm doing well. Uh, Jet fans are bent with everything that's going on with Pierre-Luc Dubois in this off season, but uh, bomber fans pretty pumped. Bombers still class of the league looking to go seven and oh in CFL action tomorrow against Edmonton. So uh, normally a pretty dead time on the calendar. Not so in the peg uh, this July.
3: And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are on ESPN2 on uh, Friday night, uh, so I want to get to uh, to the football game against the Elks. A lot of people that we talked to this week think that they're all like, "Well, I know this sounds crazy, but I think the Elks can hang around." But we'll get to that in a couple of moments. But it's been quite the um, it's been quite the off season uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, hasn't it uh, been? And even though the Bombers are six and zero. I know your phone lines are lighting up. Everybody's talking about the Winnipeg uh, Jets. Hockey is king. And, you know, I want to credit the Winnipeg Jets for the very forward thinking and innovative hire of Rick uh, Bonus. Um, <laughs> they really, like, they decided to go young. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets Dude. decided to go young. But, yeah, from the coaching situation and now to Dubois and. Uh, So, talk to me about what's going on in the jet world right now.
2: Well, well, first off, I mean, they put everything into signing Barry Trotz. That didn't work out. Including beer for life, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. We we did put that on the table. It wasn't enough to wasn't enough to get across the finish line. Uh, But the hiring of bonus is interesting. I mean, he is certainly incredibly experienced, and I think with everything that we've heard, the issues in the dressing room last year, and the potential turnover from the sort of Wheeler Shifley leadership group to the next level of uh, players with Ehlers and Connor and Josh Morrissey, that they needed a guy that had an incredible amount of experience and a real positive attitude too. So we'll see about that. That being said, I think in some ways it might be unfair to expect bonus to come in and be a miracle worker. If they don't move any players off the blue line and allow the young guys like Billy Hainal to crack the lineup. And as for as the other thing is the captain Blake Wheeler, who's sort of been the dominant personality in the room for better or worse. The last few years, apparently on the block, but easier than send the done right now with the flat cap and trading an $8 million player at 35 years old. So it's sort of been a waiting game for a while for the jets, but the big story, your damn Habs sticking their nose in our business, it seems right now. Pat Brisson with two years up. Pierre-Luc Dubois has two years left on team control with the Winnipeg Jets, and it looks like they've been sort of strong arming the Jets to get him to Montreal in advance. That's not going to cut it. Kevin Shevelday off for years has been the most patient general manager in the league. This will get weighted out, and if anything, they sort of put a target on Dubois's back when he comes back here um because it would have been quite easy to say hey i'm going to test on restricted free agency that's fine but the way things have gone with him reportedly at the draft in Montreal waiting to be traded on the draft floor. It's rubbed some people the wrong way. And in some ways, a very divided fan base has almost been galvanized from this uh, because really smallest market in the league. You cannot allow yourself to get pushed around or forced into doing things that they don't want to do. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when Dubois gets to town for training camp in September, assuming that he's not traded before then. He's not going to be traded if Kevin Sheveldayoff doesn't get what what, what he wants. And right now, that's not on the table for Montreal or anybody else Dubois
3: is a pretty polarizing figure not a very popular player and a man in Columbus uh, anymore and he might be adding Winnipeg uh, to this list it's rare that a guy can upset two cities and two fan bases before turning 25, 25 years old <laughs> like, it, it, it's like, certain- you know what I mean like for a younger guy so let me ask you too how good is he You know, I mean, for a guy that, all right, I'm not, because I remember it was, it feels like it was yesterday. Oh, I'm just so happy to be in a hockey market, right? I'm so happy to be here. And, you know, I'm so happy to play in Canada, he said, basically. And that upset everybody in Columbus when he said a hockey market and, and a Canadian city that loves hockey etc so now we're a couple of years in here how actually good is he or is there do do people put up with this because he is young and there's a high ceiling
2: you know what the the, the ceiling is definitely high and he is a stud i mean when he came over in the line a trade that first half year he was here he struggled um and it didn't seem like it was working out he gave up one a so
3: now here you go right yeah
2: and that's the thing that just exponentially raises the stakes I mean, don't even get me going on trading Patrick Laine. I still because whatever happens now,
3: happened. the Dubois trade then turns back to well, this is what Laine turned into, and then it could, it, yeah, oh, it could be a big problem. That's the and for of- the record, Habs fans feel the same way. They're like, it's a cold day in hell. It'll snow, uh, you know, on Saint Catherine Street in Montreal in July. Before they're giving up Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, bro, for, for yeah. Pierre Luc Dubois.
2: Well, I mean, Suzuki's the guy that they would be interested in. That would make sense. The big thing is that he signed to what seven more years of his contract or eight, and then you know, Winnipeg doesn't have to go through this song and dance with young players. But as far as how good he is, honestly, dude, he was a stud last year for the Winnipeg Jets. He had 60 points. He centered a line with Kyle Connor, who scored 47. Um, and he was one of the guys that, while there was major questions about some top players and their level of engagement and their a given a factor there wasn't with Dubois, which has made what's happened this last couple of weeks. So disappointing and off-putting to Winnipeg fans, he was sort of thought to be one of the guys that would be the core moving forward when they moved on from Blake Wheeler and potentially Mark Shifley. But with this news now, it really does seem like the Winnipeg jets are going to have to reevaluate what's possible and you can't get burned like the Calgary flames did with Johnny Goudreau. So this will be an interesting offseason, an interesting regular season, because I do think that if we're talking a year from now, Gabe, the big players on this Winnipeg Jets team could be significantly different.
3: Is the NHL turning into the, uh, you know, what the NBA is with, with, with players? We're, well, seeing, we're seeing, you know, listen, we saw, we've seen the exodus from Calgary right now, which Johnny Goudreau was a free agent, so that was his right to leave. And did he handle it in the best way? Um, No, Uh, but at the same point in time, you know, whatever, man, you know what I mean? He wants to go to another city, he wants to go to another city, it is what it is, but now you've got uh, Kachuk that wants out. Uh, You want Dubois that wants out of of Winnipeg uh, right now, and people are already talking about, uh, people are in panic mode, bro, in Toronto already, it's starting or it's not only people in Toronto are panicking. It seems like the outsiders are pushing the buttons, trying to get people in Toronto to panic that Austin Matthews is going to leave too. <laughs> what do you think of the Flames implosion right now? Is a Jet fan you probably enjoy it?
2: Well, a little bit, but to be honest, it hits home because these situations it, you are could like be next. Exactly. Well, exactly, it's
3: sort of a yeah. You're all exactly. you're, you're you're yeah. You're in the same boat. You're in Make the same. Make
2: no boat. mistake. This is a very cautionary tale to general managers like let me throw here something out Fair. there
3: too, because I just think the Canadians. And, and the Maple Leafs are in a little bit different situations. Original six teams, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, owned by the Raptors. This. It's not the same. Because I see people, oh, the Leafs could be in the same boat. Just settle down. It's, it's not the same. And it's no disrespect to Winnipeg. How does Edmonton keep this together, Hustler?
2: Well, I mean, the bottom line is they have Connor McDavid and that he is the game changer. Players want to play with them. They think they've got a chance to win. And as long as they've got the combination of dry and McDavid in Edmonton, um, there'll be a little different situation. That being said, if they never won that lottery, we're talking about an entirely different story with Edmonton. But right now, Calgary, Winnipeg to a lesser extent, the Canucks, and the Ottawa Senators had been that team for so long. They're sort of the no, no, They're the champions. new hot kids on the
3: block, those kids. They have the best future of any Canadian team, I think, to Senators. Well, Suddenly,
2: I'm with you, and you know what? Being a small market guy here in Winnipeg, it's great to see what's happening with Ottawa, that they're getting some stronger players. They seem to be exactly. on the come up. The bottom line is Winnipeg especially cannot afford to lose top players without any, getting anything back because they're not going to be a destination for free agency, and with trades there's so many players that will have winnipeg on a no trade list that it really ties the general manager's hands so if it's shifley if it's dubois uh, the wheelers different because they're almost looking to get addition by subtraction and get the money off the books, which is proven very hard. Um, but the challenges of a general manager here are far more significant than elsewhere in the league. And um, it really will determine the future of this team over the course of the next number of years with what probably happens in the next 12 months with some of their most important assets. If you look at
3: the National Hockey League, guys, the only w- way to win a cup is actually to get one of the top picks, literally and figuratively. If you look at all the, the best teams in the league, they're all because, yeah, yeah, look, he was a top pick, right? Oh, they got this guy, top pick. And, you know, they, everybody, you know, from, from Crosby, Ovechkin, McKinnon, we could go on and on. More with uh, Hustler on the other side. Let's talk football. Bring it Management class. This is Sports Ridge. Countdown to kickoff is on. We have Mike Detillier on from the Bayou. Always love talking football with Mike Detillier. We were talking Saint uh, football. Let's talk a little Chief football before we get into the CFL uh, Week 7 action, Friday night's uh, action. Uh, our boy Hustler is a hard Kansas City Chief uh, fan. Win total is 10.5 uh, coming into the season. Uh, right now, there's been a lot of talk about Tyreek Hill. Not being there anymore. Where Where do you stand on this? Has the sky fallen without Tyree Kill? I guess it's the uh, the old, you know, the the long asked question: Who made who? <laughs> who yeah. made who? Right? Well, Mahomes or way. Hill or you know what? What do you feel about uh, life without Tyree Kill?
2: Well, listen, um, you know, I think most Chiefs fans were stunned. I mean, that kind of came out of the blue and it was done in about 24 hours. I mean, this wasn't a topic everyone was talking about for a month before it happened. Um, So it was shocking. But removing yourself from the situation and giving a little bit of time to think about it. Um, The one thing that the Kansas City Chiefs have done incredibly well is draft well and utilize the cap. And it would have really hamstrung them to have Tyreek Hill coming in at a Devontae Adams like number. I think they did a great work with the number of the picks. And I think this is going to be, it might be a slight step back in the offensive potency for part of this season. But I think long run, if you believe in the management of that team, and I certainly do, and they still got 15 and they still got 87, the chiefs will be in a good spot. What's fascinating though, is what's happened in that division Gabe. I know you've talked about this extensively on the program. I mean, the way the Raiders look right now, Russell Wilson going to Denver and a very stacked chargers team makes this as stacked a division as I can remember in 20 years in the national football league. So uh, chiefs fans are excited. Never been against Patrick Mahomes they'll be there at the end but uh, you could almost do a pay-per-view subscription just for the AFC West this year and I think people would be willing to pay for it
3: the Chiefs are plus 155 right now at FanDuel to win a division the Chargers are plus 240 the Broncos are plus 260 and the Raiders are plus 700 and for the record for the record the Raiders hear this the Raiders see this Derek Carr specifically earlier in the week was talking about the lack of respect uh, that the Raiders uh, are getting coming into this year, and quite frankly, I need to agree with them. Like, and, and you know, on the flip side, I'm done hustler. I'm done. Like, you know, it's sort of like getting hammered in Vegas, and you say, "I'm never going that hard again." And you know, it's a lie. <laughs> this is not a lie. <laughs> this is not a lie when I say about the Chargers. Every year for the last 10, 20 years, everybody, everybody, every year, this is the Chargers' year. This is the Chargers' year. And I heard someone say the other day, oh, the Chargers are loaded with skill position, are loaded wide receiver with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I'm like, who, the same Keenan Allen and Mike Williams get hurt uh, every quarter? Like, you know, like, really, it's like the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over. Yes, I get it. Justin Herbert's a great young quarterback. Fine. Uh, You also have a head coach to call the timeout when you were about to go to the playoffs. So, um, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So, let me ask you. Who do you think wins the division if it's Casey, but if not, do you look at Denver now and Wilson is the legitimate threat? Is it the Raiders or do you believe the hype that the Chargers are ready to break through?
2: I think the Chargers are the most talented team outside the Chiefs. Um, And I joke with my Bronco friends, congratulations, you traded all that capital to go from the fourth best quarterback in the division to the third best quarterback in the division. Cold. <laughs> so, um but listen, once I think
3: again on... my boy Derek Carr, not getting any love right there. <laughs> no. But he hey,
2: got Herbert fourth cuz the, <laughs> the Raiders and still did that. I mean, the bottom line is Mahomes has never lost to any of these teams on the road. I mean, he owns the division. They're still the team to beat. Um I'll say this, I think talent-wise the Chargers should be the biggest threat. Um, but I do think it's far closer than we've ever seen before. I do think the Raiders are much better. I do think the Broncos will be more competitive. But the Charger players, I mean, you made it. So you, you nailed it, Gabe. They're always injured. They lose so many players, and you can't help the club from in the tub. So uh, unless they've got all their guys ready to go, it's going to be a tough hill to climb in that AFC West. Uh, I, I got some good confidence that the Chiefs are still the team to beat and will end up being that team at the top of the West at the end of 17 games.
3: Have you put? Uh, have you started to put your NFL future uh, bets in yet?
2: You know, really starting to get to that. Usually about the beginning of August, we sort of uh, start really nailing that and spending a lot of time on the show right now. Um, it has been fascinating, though, to just see sort of what the numbers have been, especially in that division, um, and just trying to get in at a good spot right now. I'll be honest. I think that one plus one 155 for Kansas City is a nod to Andy Reid, the success that they've had, the dominance that they've had for the last number of years. Um, but I think considering how much better these other teams in the division are, I'm not sure there's great value on Kansas City right now. So we'll hope that maybe some people will get horny for the Broncos and Raiders and get that number up a little bit closer to plus one eighty and jump on it at some point. But uh you will know I'll have those Chiefs futures at some point before kickoff.
3: Andrew Patterson, A.K. Hustler kicking with us on the late night anger management class. I am Gable Moransi, so the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh Friday night football against the Edmonton Elks, it's on ESPN2, uh, this game. Winnipeg laying seven and a half points at uh, FanDuel, six and zero on the season, four and two, ATS. The argument against Winnipeg, and I ask you this as someone who knows the football team very well, the argument against and I'm not making this argument, but this is what other people are saying, is that, that this is somehow a flat spot and a letdown after playing the BC Lions two weeks ago in the Battle of the Unbeatens, and smashing them, and then playing a tighter football game last week in a battle of the, of, the, of the unbeatens against the Calgary Stampeders, that this the step down in class, that it's a flat spot for them, I respond to that by really stating that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers don't really have flat spots, and even if they do have a flat spot, they're still good enough to fight through it. And. Beat you and probably covered a point spread as well. They like winning this team. Like, people always saw it's a bad, like, dude, it was a bad spot for them against BC and they killed them. They'd return a damn opening kick for a a touchdown and set the message. Oh, it's a bad spot against Calgary. Like, it's always a bad spot it seems for Winnipeg. And they seem to be getting better as the season goes on right now as well, despite all the injuries, Hustler. What's your take on the game?
2: Yeah, well, listen, I mean, if you're sitting around waiting for the Bombers to let up, um, you're going to be waiting for a while. This team under Mike O'Shea is the most professional, well-coached, consistent team um, you'll find maybe in a variety of sports. I mean, it is something special that they've built. I'll say this, though, Gabe, as far as the line goes, um, the Bombers, I expect fully to win this game, but expecting them to run away is going to be a little bit more challenging when we've seen the depth chart that just came out today. Greg Ellingson, the top receiver in the CFL, is out, as is stud defensive lineman Jackson Jeffcoat. Now, Willie Jefferson's a dominant player, but it's different when you've got Jeffcoat and Jefferson on opposite sides. So I think that will be an advantage for Edmonton, and we'll see what this Bomber offense is. They, Greg Ellingson, so far this season, has had 24 24- percent of the targets of Zach Caleros far and away number one in the league Dalton shown the rookie out of K-State's been awesome um, but Walatarski Rashid Bailey, Nick Dembski's out right now they haven't had a lot of consistency from the rest of that uh, rest of the passing game and the running game is just simply not the same without Andrew Harris so while I certainly think the Bombers will win this game hearing that Jeffcoat and Ellingson are out makes me a lot less confident that they'll run away with this one all that being said their defense alone, even without Jeff Coat, is probably good enough to, you know, they always turn off a few turnovers. The Bombers never give the football up. It's going to be a real uphill climb for an Elks team that in true Chris Jones fashion has another 10 new bodies in the lineup every game. It's a revolving door. So uh, I think the Bombers are the team to beat, but I'm certainly less confident or bullish on laying the seven and a half on the road, considering what's come up on the injury report today.
3: I've said this before, Hustler, and listen, like you, you've been watching the CFL for a long time, and I go back. I go back to the Warren Moon days, uh, to the Tom Wilkinson, right? I go back to the 70s with this league, and I stand by this. This Winnipeg Blue Bomber run is amongst the best of all time. Like, this team is amongst the best CFL teams of all time. And like you said, what I like about them, I'm, I'm a big O'Shea fan. But what I like about them, they don't try to be flashy. If they need five yards, they get five yards. You know what I mean? Like, they don't – like, you know, the play calling is – They're very Baltimore Raven-ish, actually. I think if we're looking for a comparison, not this Ravens with Lamar, but just sort of the systematic, vicious defense. But, you know, is the offense flashy? No, but at the end of the game, you look up, and they've got 27, and it was enough for them uh, to not only win and cover. So, uh, so we got about a minute and a half or two left here on the way out. Um, Man, that Argo game last week against the Rough Riders, that was a lot of fun. Players were spitting at each other, throwing helmets at each other, and basically trying to murder each other. And now they play again, although the game has been delayed one day due to COVID. Everybody's been jumping on a boatman, the Argos, all week, bro. And I was like, screw the Riders. Make them play. You're only missing 10 players, but they couldn't practice all week. And it is it is not a safe – it's a safety situation. You can't just throw a bunch of dudes on the field and to, to get run over. Is the line too low now at two and a half?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Um, I mean, the fact that some of us were lucky enough to get it at six and a half or six right out of the gate on Monday, I think was a gift. I mean, we just saw Toronto beat Saskatchewan last week at touchdown Atlantic with Duke Williams in the lineup. He's now suspended for the game. It didn't make a lot of sense that it was as high as it was. Um, Listen, I think Saskatchewan's vulnerable to lose this game outright, to be perfectly honest. Cody Fajardo was banged up. He's nowhere close to 100%. He's struggling. And their number one receiver in Williams will not play in the game. You add in all the uncertainty. I mean, they just signed three Canadians that they'd cut from training camp to fill out the roster for Sunday. So um, I don't think this is going the other way. I wouldn't be surprised if this actually creeps closer to a pick'em as we get into the lineup, depending on who's in and who's out. But the bottom line is the Riders are somewhat of a flawed team. They certainly have extra challenges this week with players that are missing. And, um, and I think the Argos are actually better than their record. And I think they showed last week that they can hang with Saskatchewan. This is a big opportunity for the Boatman to sort of get closer to a bit of a bit of a gap over the rest of the pathetic eastern division so far this year
3: andrew patterson follow him on twitter and um check out his uh his show always a pleasure my man great stuff catching up with you it was great seeing you in uh, las vegas we're still recovering we look forward to doing it again there were some great shots with you me and cam on the mgm uh, floor and uh, we look forward to seeing you there again in the future.
2: Uh, it was so great seeing you guys. That was a heck of a lot of fun, Gabe. And uh, I'll be uh, hitting you up. we got to get back to talking some NFL and Winnipeg Sports Talk when we get closer to the season. We'll make sure we make that happen. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks, Gabe
3: Like that anger management for class. This is sports rage. I am Gabriel Serious XM channel one five nine, of on money at ten ninety ESPN Radio. We're getting fired up. Countdown to kickoff is on. It's getting real. Less than two weeks away right now from the start of the National Football League preseason. And um, we were talking about um, talking about Vegas earlier. And um, you know, I lived in Vegas. Uh, I lived in Vegas for for a while, actually. <laughs> um you know nearly four years. So I know um I know the city very well. It's a different city now and the super contests are, are different right now because they're just so damn big. Right? They're just so big. But you know we did one of the years that we were in the super contest, we did finish in eighth place and um it was a fifty six thousand dollar payout. We were one win away from hundred and ten thousand dollars. Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers. Teddy Bridgewater beat Aaron Rodgers. We were on the Green Bay Packers uh, in that game. But that's, uh, that's the only time I've ever finished in the money. And um, I've come close a few other times. When it was like the top 30 years ago, it was top 30 man we were like 38th or something like that we were like we basically like one win away from finishing in the money we've we've lingered a couple of times so it was nice to strike we did have a team we were part of a team uh, we had partners um but um i want to get back in this year we're going to get in a, in, a, in a contest or two and uh we were talking earlier it's our boy matthias a bachelor party in las vegas And while him and his crew, I'm going to hook up with them uh, for the fun stuff later in the evening and uh, early in the day. So, you know, Matthias, I was looking uh, here right now. I was thinking, all right, um, as far as Vegas is concerned. Cause we got the Rams and the Bills game later in the week too, so it's going to turn into one sort of crazy week, bro. <laughs> like for, we're going to be Vegas, Vegas swinging right into the Buffalo Bills and the LA Ram uh, season opener. So I was looking, I'm like, all right, if we're going to be in Vegas on, um, if we're going to be in Vegas that that Saturday type of deal, which is uh, Saturday, it is uh, Saturday September the uh, the third. The Michigan Wolverines play at 9 a.m. Eastern, uh, 9 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, noon Eastern. Colorado State and Michigan. Michigan, minus 27 and a half. There's a couple of what's like the big games of the day that day. So, Bowling Green against UCLA. I'm not saying that's a big one. But uh, here's the big one. So, yeah, 12.30 Pacific, 3.30 Eastern time, ABC, the Ducks and the Georgia Bulldogs. Big time game. Sportsbooks will be banging. I like the Ducks plus the 18 points. I think uh, Georgia are being um, valued from last year uh, right now. Arizona and San Diego State week one. Wow. Aztecs minus five. Arizona blow, man. All right? They're terrible. Like, Arizona are like, Arizona would lose to Western Michigan. All right? So, you think they're going to beat San Diego State? As if. Give me the Aztecs minus the points in this new uh, stadium. Snapdragon. It's another stadium we got to get to. So that's a cool game. All right, what else? What other big games? UTEP and Oklahoma. Oklahoma lane 32 and a half. It's got to be a – all right, uh, there's got to be like a later Saturday night game. It's a big-time game. Ooh, yes, here we go. It's Utah and Florida. Utah and Florida at 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock Eastern. Utes minus a point and a half. Will Levis in Kentucky, Miami of Ohio. What else is there? Illinois State, Wisconsin. Uh, it seems to be any other big, big-time games. Yeah, it goes on and on, bro. Notre Dame and Ohio State at 4:30. Half an hour later. Wow. So, man, that's some that's some cool stuff. So you got Utah, Utah, and Florida's on ESPN at 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, and then after half an hour later, you've got Notre Dame and Ohio State. Big-time game. Big-time game. All right, we're getting spoiled. Is there anything late at night? Late night to late night degenerate special? Kent State and Washington. <laughs> Kent, St- Kent State's getting 22 and a half. And then Sunday, we got a big game. Florida State and LSU. We were talking LSU football earlier. Florida State and LSU. And then Monday night, we've got uh, Clemson and Georgia Tech. So that's Labor Day weekend. That's uh, that's uh, that's Labor Day weekend, and then after that, boom, the regular season starts in the National Football League uh, with the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. It's go time. Uh, preseason now, less than two weeks away. College football uh, first game up. College football um, this year is actually on the twenty sixth. Right, we've been talking about Saturday the twenty seventh, but there's actually one isolated game on Friday, Nevada. And New Mexico State. Nevada are like 12 and a half points at New Mexico State. And then Saturday, August 27th, we got that Nebraska-Northwestern game in Dublin, uh, Ireland. Uh, Idaho State, UNLV. UConn off and running the Jim Mora era. Jim Mora, former NFL coach, is the coach of uh, the UConn Huskies now. Wyoming and Illinois. Man, it just feels good talking about this. And uh, here you go, Matthias. Vanderbilt and uh, Hawaii vandy minus six and a half in honolulu at the clarence tc ching athletics complex that, that's a big one that's a big
4: one for the boats right there taking on an sec school oh they're gonna be revved up for that one gabe
3: yeah I'm liking them plus the points actually i think they can hang against vandy they're gonna hang with Vander, but Vanderbilt's coach
4: say, Hawaii's actually preseason poll came out from the writers. They're picked last. The, 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 the writers <laughs> think they're gonna come last in their division. So you know what? That's not that's not very good. But I do believe in the bows. They have they have some energy over there, but they just don't have the players right now.
3: The Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt's uh, coach was talking about how they're going to be national champions, and I'm thinking of what, like, like what, you're a chess team, like, you know what I mean? But Vanderbilt, I saw that. I was like, is that the basketball coach talking smack? Like, I was thinking, all right, maybe it's the basketball coach saying, you know, said, we're we're a sleeping giant here. like okay, I could buy in, but Vanderbilt's football coach, uh, Vanderbilt football coach, I th- I think you might be uh, pushing uh, push pushing your luck.
4: <laughs> so pushing their luck, but I'm sure he's confident against Hawaii. Gabe, how many of these players transferred for crying out loud? Their their former quarterbacks playing for the school for the cross uh, the cross pond rival San Jose State and
3: oh, my Chevin Cordero. Cross Pond Rival—that's what San Jose State Spartans. <laughs> the Cross Pond Rival, man, over the Pacific. <laughs> Those bastards! You hate San Jose State? I didn't realize that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All the fans hate the, the and you know it's funny uh, during the Mountain Who's Rest the school media that they
3: hate, they hate the most? Actually, like who is the school they hate the most? Like who's like the rival type thing they oh, just UNLV. hate the most? It's UNLV, really, huh? Yeah, UNLV would be uh, Ninth
4: Island, you know, def- definitely UNLV. That's the rivalry. Uh, they love that rivalry over there. But San Jose State's getting up there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to me I think I think of the basketball I'm like I don't know man like Cal State Fullerton always messes them up in these teams UC Irvine Irvine that's the other one oh, no, no, Irvine and yeah, Irvine, Irvine Hawaii have some beef that's for sure and Yeah, that's basketball's because different, coach yeah, yeah. has a big
4: mouth coach <laughs> Russell, he, he gets on you and he'll yell at the fans too tell them to shut the hell up <laughs>
3: That's too good. So, um, yeah, we got a uh, UFC card and once again, now listen, is it the best UFC card in the world? No. Uh, but is it a violent card? Yes. You literally have dudes that don't like each other. You've got a lot of violent fighters, uh, on this card and, uh, headlined by blades and, uh, Aspinall and, um, it's another early card i'm down with this except this one's really early Matthias. last week was early. last week the ufc started uh 11 a.m on the west coast right because i remember i woke up i had to do a video uh, for sports grid i posted a video with the picks. i was like oh boy it's 10 9 30 i gotta wake up i mean saturday morning um, this is 8 a.m bro i i believe this card starts at 11 o'clock eastern time it's it's in london So, it's another early start time, which I don't have a problem with. I actually like the Saturday afternoon UFCs. I like the nighttime, too, but I don't have a problem with it. Like, for me, I'm I'm a better, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Like... The quicker and the sooner I can bet on something in Matias, the better. You know what I mean? <laughs> like so, Absolutely. Like if I'm betting on it, I'm like, oh, I'll bet on it now. And I'll worry about what am I going to bet on tonight. I'll find something later. It's MLS on Saturday night. Uh, uh, okay. Whitecaps and Chicago fires, the nightcap. Yeah, yeah. See so, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mind, like, an afternoon of fights. I like the afternoon fight game. So, it was last week. I'm, we're spoiled with this stuff. I like this summer afternoon fight card series.
4: I'm with you. I, I like changing it up as well. You know, some people complain about the you know the World Cup when it was in Korea, Japan. You know, the game starting at two in the morning, midnight, you know, four a.m. Oh, I love that. Night. I yeah. actually enjoy it.
3: I'm a fan uh, of that. I, and
4: even in the UFC, when I lived in Hawaii, sometimes the Abu Dhabi card would start at like 11 p.m. at night, and it would go on pretty much throughout the whole entire night. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll enjoy that type of stuff. Like you said, you know, who doesn't like betting at four in the morning when nobody else is? That's
3: awake? the best Olympics. I always love those Olympics. I don't like the Olympics when it's in our time zone. I like the Olympics when it's the best. Like, we, you know, same thing. A couple of, like, the, the, the Olympics in uh, Asia the last couple of times and stuff, we've been spoiled with that. You know what I mean? Like you know, what I mean, betting on hockey at three in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Betting yeah. on snowboard figure skating at three thirty a.m. and it's stuff great like that. It's like great for people like
4: you and me. You know, we go to bed at three in the morning. Now that's our bedtime. And so we're on the like, West like, Coast, we so it's perfect. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but the only sport? Else, like,
3: hell no. The only sport where I'm getting screwed over is F1, because I love F1, but their start times are rough on for like it's not conducive to the West Coast like F1. It's like you're caught in between. You know what I mean? Like, you got to wake up. I know some of your buddies wake up, right? They, go, you told, they told you, yeah, hey, I got to go to bed. And you're oh, like, what yeah, are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, they're oh, like, oh, oh, I oh, set my oh, alarm. I'm waking up at ample, 6 a.m. Right. <laughs> 6 a.m. wake well, up. Go, he
4: goes to bed at like 10 p.m. that night. Saturday night, he's going to bed at 10 p.m. to wake up at 5 or 4 or whatever. You know, they, I can't you gotta,
3: do it, you know, bro. No, hell no. One one of the races this year I was actually drunk enough that I stayed up all night. Like it started at four it started at four was it Azerbaijan. It started at four AM Pacific, seven A.m. Eastern, and I didn't mind it. That was okay. It was a little whatever. I was, I was, I came, I stumbled in from the casino and I was like, awesome, the race is starting. I was hammered. I put like 1500 bucks on Verstappen and he won too. It was very enjoyable. Um, but I'm not going to lie, I didn't make it through the race, Matthias. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like started oh, at yeah. four. I know exactly. I made it mean. through like lap 17 or something. I woke up and I was like, oh my God, what happened in the race? <laughs> like, I saw, yeah, I was like, oh, what happened? Like, i was scared i logged in i logged on to the one i log into formula One. First thing i see is verstappen's face i'm like yeah 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 good right i'm like thank god that's another early one this week but so yeah this is a good car uh blades and asperol what do you think of this fight this is a tough fight for uh, for blades tough fight man and he better wrestle him put it this way he better just try to take him down because if he stands around he could get drilled here that's the thing with Aspinall, though. He, he, he's good off his back,
4: and he has great jiu-jitsu. It's not like this kid's just a guy who's going to sit there and bang with you. Aspinall's an all-around fighter. That's why a lot of people think he might be the future champ. He could go to the ground. He could submit you like he submitted Volkov by giving him that arm bar, and he could bang. But Curtis Blades could bang, too. That's just a tough fight. Gabe, Volkov's really pretty good, too. Fight. He is Volkov's, really good, and he submitted yeah. him, you know? I, I wanted to, to be that guy. to my face. I'm going with Aspinall.
3: I wanted to be that guy and say Aspinall hasn't fought in anyone, and I'm not impressed. But I can't say that. <laughs> like I can't. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right. You beat Orlovsky. He's 60 years old. Uh, but beating Volkov the way he did that easily is very impressive Are we done? Really? Is that it? It's like the Seinfeld bit. He said talk show hosts never know the time of anything. Uh, How much time do we have? (laughs) It's true. It is true that. I'm pretty good though. Uh, Actually, I'm pretty clueless. I actually don't care. I don't care until I'm told 10 seconds. And as Matthias knows, I can talk my way out of anything in like three seconds. I'm sure as many times you think there's no way in hell he's going to be able to finish off what he's saying. And I do. I just, I'll pick it up on the way out. Um, all right. So listen, we are seriously, seriously jam-packed tomorrow. Like, I'm just thinking right now. So tomorrow, on tomorrow night's show... We've got Mike Blewett, Mike Blewett from Sports Grid. It's been too long. We haven't seen. We haven't, we haven't. Mike's haven't been on the show in months. All right. So uh, Mike, Mike Blewett. Mike's great NFL uh, guy. Mike. So Mike Blewett talks NFL with us tomorrow. Mike's good with everything, like baseball, football, whatever, uh, college. Um, Mike Blewett joins us. Howard Balzer joins us from Phoenix. So we're going to talk uh, Kyler Murray and Arizona Cardinals tomorrow. We've got Brent Beard, our SEC insider, joining us post-media week. Brent Beard's a regular guest during the football season. We've got uh, Rob Vino, uh, excellent handicapper. Rob Vino, sharp guy. We'll talk baseball and football with Rob. And uh, we've got Tony Finn. He he represents the Freak, part of the Friday Night Freak Show. We've got five guests tomorrow. Wow. So, another, man, I don't plan stuff out. Like, we like to be pretty loose. We like to have guests and stuff, but I don't plan, oh, we're going to talk about this at that time and stuff. So, tomorrow we are. Like, basically, I guess we'll get, we'll get to the UFC in the last segment of the show tomorrow. <laughs> Baseball, football, last segment of the show, a little UFC tomorrow on the way out. Get you ready for the, the morning card. You want more? Tune in at 6 o'clock Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Good Radio and Television Networks. Look it up on your local AM radio affiliate or television affiliate. We'll be back right here. Same time, same back channel. Other than that, you're on your own. Later.